Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will preach a special Thanksgiving message entitled, Giving Thanks to God. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We are fascinated, we are amazed and awestruck at your repeated assertion that your love for us sinners endures forever. That you will not dump us one of these days. You will not throw us overboard. You understand that we are sinners and yet you loved us. From all eternity you loved us. To all eternity you love us. Therefore, O God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ to give you praise and to give you thanks. This day we offer thanksgiving of praise to you. Receive our thanksgiving. Receive our praise because you have given us your son, Jesus Christ. He did not spare his son but gave him up for us all. And of his fullness we receive grace upon grace. Jesus Christ is our fullness. He meets our every need. Spiritual, physical, temporal. Therefore, O God, we thank you. And may we come in faith in your son, Jesus Christ. To receive from him all that we need this morning. That we may go home enriched by your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, how we praise you for granting us this great privilege to gather together in the name of your Son, to worship you. And we are assured that your Son is with us. He promised us, and he is here to heal us, to save us, to encourage us, to give us great hope and and peace, oh God. Hallelujah. Therefore, bless your people, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Giving thanks to God. I was told that only 10% of people who receive blessings from God give him thanks. And that comes from the story of 10 lepers healed by Jesus Christ. As recorded in St. Luke's Gospel, 17th chapter. And I hope that we belong to that 10% of people who give God thanks for all the mercies and blessings he showered upon us throughout our life. Thanksgiving in the Greek is called Eucharist. Eucharistia. Now, if you are a Greek scholar, the heart of that word is charis, which means grace. So the heart of Eucharist is grace, And the heart of grace is a word, kairo, means to rejoice. Thanksgiving is rejoicing in God's presence for blessings freely received from him. Thanksgiving is joy expressed in word and deed toward God for grace. You remember in King Lear, Shakespeare says, 
how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. Worse, I would say, is the ingratitude of born-again children of God. We are told in Colossians 2 and verse 7 to overflow with thanksgiving, to abound in it. We are to enter his gates with thanksgiving. It is the nature of an unbeliever not to give thanks to God. For everything they credit themselves and praise themselves. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, St. Paul speaks to us about an unbeliever. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. In the New Testament, teaching on thanksgiving comes to us, especially from Jesus and St. Paul. And so I want to speak to you seven things from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing I want to tell you is the nature of the heart from which thanksgiving flows out in abundance to God. What is the nature of that heart? It is spirit-filled heart. Thanksgiving to God flows out in abundance only from the heart of a spirit-filled believer. This means no unbeliever is able to give God thanks. And if you are not giving God thanks always, (laughs) you may be backslidden. Or the other conclusion is you may not be a true Christian. So if a Christian is not in a state of being filled with the Holy Spirit, he will surely fail to be grateful to God for mercies received from him. His mercies are new every morning. So we are commanded here in Ephesians 5 and verse 18 to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You know the story of Israel. God delivered Israel from Egypt, from Egyptian bondage. Yet, we are told that they were filled with a grumbling spirit. These ten times, we are told they murmured against God. They murmured against their Redeemer constantly. And so we are not to repeat their ungrateful practices. Thanksgiving to God proves that you are an authentic Christian. That you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And secondly, we need to observe what is, what is this thanksgiving which we are to render continually. It is grateful acknowledgement of benefits received. I remember I sent $5,000 
for somebody to buy a house free. I sent it free. I don't think I received a letter saying thank you. And I'm sure you have experiences like that. Another time I sent to somebody $10,000 grant. I don't think I received a letter saying thank you. It is grateful acknowledgement of benefits received. We are to acknowledge especially to God. We are to thank God especially and also to men. Because God uses secondary agents to bring blessing to you generally. So turn with me to the book of Romans just to prove to you that it is all right to say thank you to a human being. Romans 16 and verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked, verse 4, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. God used them to help many, many people. But we are especially to render thanks to God from whom all blessings flow. We are to give thanks in word and deed of thank offerings. And we give thanks because... Blessings bestowed upon us. You see, all we are and all we have come from him. We have nothing. Everything comes from him. Blessings bestowed upon us. And you read Deuteronomy 8. The whole chapter will tell you that. Number two, these blessings are undeserved. What did we deserve? We deserved judgment for our sins. We deserved instant destruction for our infinite sin. But instead, we received spiritual blessings in Christ from God along with all other blessings. And not only that, these blessings are innumerable. Daily and moment by moment, we receive innumerable physical and spiritual blessings. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And you will discover you cannot count them all. And it will surprise you what God has done. So we owe to God this expression of gratefulness. But people in this country especially are becoming rights-oriented. We demand parents to take care of us. We demand the government to take care of us. We demand everybody else to take care of us. So keep in mind, we owe grateful acknowledgement to our God from whom we receive blessings one after another. Of his fullness we receive grace upon grace. Number three, we are to do this always. A spirit-filled believer gives thanks to God always. Thanksgiving is like breathing. You do not breathe once in a while. So we give thanks when we have no trouble. Things are going well. 
No problem at all. Praise God for many days. Things are going well. And so we must praise God that things have gone well. No problem at all. Also, we must give thanks when we face trouble. Turn with me to Second Chronicles, the book you have been reading recently, chapter 20. There you find Jehoshaphat facing trouble. And look at verse 12. Of course, a vast army, we are told. In verse 2, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. A vast army. We are about to face big time trouble. And so, verse 12, you read the prayer of Jehoshaphat, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. And then, let's read verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, you see, they are about to face the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. We must give thanks to the Lord. When we face problem, we must give thanks to the Lord. And when we are in the midst of the problem, we must give thanks to the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Jonah. You remember he was in the midst of the problem. That is, in the belly of a fish. In chapter 2, verse 1, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave called for help, and you listened to my cry. And verse 9, but I with a song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. So when we are in the middle of belly, in the middle of trouble, in the belly of, of the fish, <laughs> strange place, but you praise God and thank him. Or turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Here, St. Paul was in deep trouble. He was beaten and thrust into prison. Feet put in stocks. Verse 25 of 16, the chapter of Acts, we read about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. How can you do that? That's why we are told to give thanks always. And we must give thanks to God after, when the trouble is over. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that, you know. But listen to the 15th chapter of Exodus. The trouble is over. The Egyptian army pursued them, and they are destroyed in the Red Sea. Trouble is over. And here it is, Thanksgiving. The whole chapter is Thanksgiving. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. And verse 20. Then Miriam the prophetess Aaron's sister took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. Always thanksgiving. Even when you are, don't feel like giving you. God, thanks, do it. Number four. We are to give thanks who per panton for all things. Negative things and positive things. Negative experiences and positive experiences. In sickness and in health. In poverty and in wealth. In prison and when we have freedom. When loved by people and when they hate you, we must give thanks to God. Let us look at some examples. Acts chapter 5, there is an experience. The apostles were flogged for their obedience to the command of the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 5. Verse 40 and 41. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. That's an experience of the apostles. Let's understand the reason why we should give thanks to God always. Romans 8 and verse 28. And we know. We are convinced of this. This is beyond a shadow of doubt. And we know that in all things, meaning negative and positive experiences of our life, and especially the negative experiences of suffering, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. See, that's a theological reason that should govern us. That the sovereign Lord of the universe causes all experiences for our good. Or turn to the book of Psalms, 119th Psalm. Let us look at some negative experience and what The psalmist learned from that. 119 Psalm, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, which is a negative experience. You didn't want to be afflicted. And God doesn't check with you as to what you want or you don't want. He does what he pleases for our good. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. So... Working together for good. Over 71. 
It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous. And in faithfulness, in covenant faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Or turn again and experience of St. Paul in 2 Corinthians in terms of negative experience. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning with verse 7. This is his experience. The apostle's experience who wrote this command to us to give him thanks always. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations there was given me a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. How do you like torment? I thought torment was in hell. But God uses torment here for our good. Torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Boasting about weaknesses. But he says something else in verse 10. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. I delight in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Or, let's turn to Romans chapter 5, where also we find some theological reasoning. Why should we give thanks to God when we are suffering? Romans 5, beginning with verse 3. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Now is the reason, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, character, and hope. Suffering produces it. And now we know how foolish it is to avoid suffering. It produces perseverance, character, and hope. Hope of the glory of God. Turn again to Hebrews chapter 12. There is a theological reason is given in regard to unpleasant experiences coming to us in God's sovereign will. Hebrews 12 verse 11, no discipline, which includes pain, seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it, those who experience it, those who welcome it. And finally, one more reason. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the whole 2 Corinthians speaking about negative experiences. The St. Paul experience. But here, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, let me read from verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers. St. Paul doesn't put any premium on ignorance. As it is true today in the evangelical churches, ignorance. People are entertained rather than informed of God's truth. And people don't want to be informed. They want to be entertained. They come to the church straight from the television and are expecting entertainment. Not in this church. 
We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered. Hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Hardships, great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired even of life. He thought he was going to die. Now is the theological reason. Verse 9. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. This happened. That we might not rely on ourselves. But on him who raises the dead. It purifies our faith. It tests our faith. Sufferings come so that we will rely not in this world. Not in ourselves. Not in our wives, not in wealth, not in anything, but on God alone. That's the idea. I would like to tell you some things for which we should be thankful. Well, we should be thankful for this planet. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And scientists speak about anthropic principle, and the ideal location of this planet so that it can sustain life. It's an amazing study. In other words, this planet is best suited for life and we should be thankful for this country geography matters people I hear them griping and complaining and murmuring about this country my counsel to them is why don't you emigrate Jesus said why don't you leave me too and what was the answer where can we go where can we go you want to go to Zimbabwe griping murmuring people of this country you want to go to Zimbabwe Iran, Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh. Where do you want to go? This is a country of freedom. And notice the first freedom articulated in the first amendment is the freedom to worship. And you don't find that in any place else. So we must be thankful for this country. We must be thankful for parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. And so on. You ask, why should we be thankful? Well, we thank God for our birth. Without them, we wouldn't be born. And without being born, we cannot be reborn. You see. New birth comes only to people who are born. And so you begin to thank your mother and father and others who played a significant role in your existence in this world. And without rebirth, we cannot have eternal life of everlasting joy. And we thank God for our parents. Let's turn to Psalm 139. People wonder, I see, when you become a human being, when you become a person outside the womb, inside the womb, after three months of conception and all that stupid understanding, here it is, uh, everything is taken care of. 139, the Psalm, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We thank our parents because they were not self-centered to dispose of us. And they loved and cared and we are born. And they loved and cared for us after we are born. Every day of our life. And because of that, we had the opportunity to be reborn. 
then come to this status of being a child of God, a status that is superior even to unfallen angels. It's an amazing status that you will be with him forever and ever. We should thank God for food and clothing, medicine, housing. All our temporal needs are met by our God. And Deuteronomy 8 will tell you that. We must thank God for the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Absolutely central to our eternal life. His life and his death and resurrection for our salvation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. St. Paul makes this statement. 2 Corinthians 9. And the last verse. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And who is that? Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, for our salvation, his life and his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his session, everything is for our salvation. And we must thank God. Therefore, our salvation, beginning with our election, election, predestination, predestinated to a sure end which is to be like Jesus. And that's going to happen. And that's happening. And it will happen. We must thank God for effectual call, the gospel call, as well as the interior call of the Holy Ghost, bringing about regeneration of us. We must thank God for the gift of repentance. Nobody repents unless God gives that gift to him. And then that person will repent of his sins and forsake his sins. Thank God for that gift of repentance. Thank, thank God for the gift of faith. That's a gift that we received from God to put our entire trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. And thank God for justification. God the Father pronounced legally that we are just. We are justified. On the basis of the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. We must thank God for the forgiveness of all our sins. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. It is grace that forgives all our sins because of Christ. Thank God for our adoption. God adopted us as his children in Jesus Christ. And so we, we can say, our Father who art in heaven... We have a father. We are heirs of God. Joined heirs with Christ. We can come to him in Christ's name. And he listens to us. And he answers our prayers. We thank God for sanctification that comes to us every day. Cleansing us from our sins. And we thank God for the glorification that awaits us. Hallelujah. And we'll be like Jesus Christ. To be conformed to his image. Perfect spirit and perfect body. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. So we have a lot to thank God for. We must thank God for Holy Spirit. Who is sent down to us. Who indwells us. The eternal God. The third person of the Trinity. Indwelling you and indwelling me. Enlightening us and empowering us continually. 
That's a reality we need to be aware of and thank God for. We must thank God for the Holy Scripture. Here is the Western man with all his sophistication and information blowout. And it is garbage. It's all garbage. It's all darkness. All man's philosophy is darkness. And God has given us light in the Holy Scriptures to feed our soul that we may be guided by its truth. That's why I spoke last night the importance of feeding on the word of God. Otherwise darkness come in and we begin to conform to this world. And if you are a student of the scripture, then you will not conform to this world. We must thank God for the holy church. Any church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must thank God. The community of believers which loves God and one another. Here I belong with my brothers and sisters who worship God in spirit and in truth. What a glorious institution of God. It's an oasis in a wilderness to find a church that loves God and loves one another. We must thank God for the institution, God's institution of marriage, which is under threat now. That's why children are born. And as I said, we are born and we are born again. And we receive in eternal life because of this institution. We must thank God for our spouse, our husband, our wife, our children. Thank God for, for them. For our family. Especially a family that is devoted to God. Remember Joshua, for me and for my family, we serve God. We must thank God for our country, for our state. For they are to promote peace and freedom. We must thank God. Look at Jesus Christ and, uh, and see what did he do. Well, you remember, you remember him thanking God for bread. When he multiplied bread, he looked to heaven. He thanked God for bread. He thanked God for answered prayer. Especially in the case of Nazareth, come forth. But before that, he prayed to God and thanked him for answering his prayer. Another interesting thing we note is he thanked God for bread and wine, which represented his body that was about to die. That's amazing to me that he would thank God for his own death for our life. That's called Eucharist. Or look at St. Paul. If you study St. Paul, he thanks God. He thanks God for gospel proclamation. It's an amazing thing that gospel can be proclaimed to the world. And through the gospel, salvation may come to people that we ought to be thankful for. We must thank God when somebody receives the gospel. We ought to thank God when somebody shows growth in grace. And say, I don't know what happened to this man, but boy, he loves God. He loves God. And you say, thank God. As I said, St. Paul thanks God for election. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. And we are elect of God. And we must thank God that you chose me. Not because I merited anything. It's an amazing thing. Mind-boggling thing. 
that he would choose us for salvation. St. Paul thanks God for the generosity of people giving to God's cause. He thanks God for converts to the gospel. And he thanks God for spiritual gifts. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than ye all. We are to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And thank God for spiritual gifts. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all our sins. He heals our diseases. He redeems us from destruction. Our youth is renewed like the eagle. Praise the Lord. The fifth thing. We are told to give thanks to God and Father. To whom are you giving thanks? To God the Father. God the Father is the source of all our blessings. It was his plan to create us. It was his plan to choose us in his son. It was his plan to redeem us from all our sins. And he planned all this before the creation of the world. He gave us to his son to redeem. And he agreed to redeem by his incarnation and atoning death on the cross. So that now we can call this God our father. Let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, for he chose us. That's the first blessing, election, and, and so on. You can read. Number six, we are told here we must thank God in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know all blessings flow from God the Father to us only through the person of Jesus Christ. We are chosen in Christ. The special grace of spiritual blessings do not come to those who refuse to believe in God's sent Savior, the only Savior, the universal Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no salvation outside of Him. It is through Him we receive His blessings. Believe in Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Outside of Christ there is no salvation. Life is in the Son and therefore life is for those who are united to the Son by faith. So we thank God the Father in accordance with the revelation and warrant in our Lord Jesus Christ. All spiritual blessings flow from God the Father to us through him even so. Our thanksgiving flows to the Father also through Jesus Christ. And Romans 8 and verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Jesus Christ is our only mediator between God and ourselves. We go to the Father not in our own name and our own merit and our own authority, but always in the name of Jesus Christ and on the basis of his merit. Number seven. It is implicit in this text. And what is it? Thanksgiving is the will of God. But explicit in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God concerning you. Thanksgiving in all situations is the revealed will of God. Certainly it is not the whole will of God. It is part of the whole will of God for believers in Christ to give thanks. We are to understand what the will of God is. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. We are to understand it. And how do you understand it? By looking into the book. We must understand the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. In other words, it is the will of God we should avoid sexual immorality. In the same way, it is the will of God that we give God thanks. So even so, giving thanks to God in all situations is the will of God. When we do not practice thanksgiving, For benefits received from God the Father, we are committing a serious sin. We ask people, well, have you committed any sin? Well, you know, I don't think I have committed any sin. Everything is all right. But did you ever think not giving thanks to God is a sin? To take for granted is a sin? So what is the conclusion? It is the will of God that we give thanks to God, our Father, through Jesus Christ. Conclusion number one, only Christians give thanks. And if you are not a Christian, you don't give thanks at all. You just credit yourself, you glory in yourselves and your abilities. Number two, when we fail to give thanks, we sin against God's revealed will. Specific revelation that says this is the will of God in Christ Jesus who is concerning us. Number three. When we don't give thanks to God, we credit ourselves for our blessings and achievements. Read uh, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 17. Number four. When we don't give thanks, we dishonor God. We dishonor God. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. Honors me. Number five. Prayers of unthankful believers are not heard by God. You begin to wonder, how come our prayers are not answered? Well, it is not offered with thanksgiving. We forget all the blessings. We come demand, demand, demand as kids do. Remember what St. Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the answer is, when you pray that way, he hears our prayers. Number six, thanksgiving is antidote to evil. Let me read to you from Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather what? There are six vices. And the antidote to all six vices is what? Thanksgiving to God. And you begin to wonder, why are are people of God sinning? Well, the reason is, they will not give thanks to God. Number seven. Thanksgiving keeps us from sinning. Well, why did I say that? Well, Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it 
all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, the question is, can I thank God for this thought, for this word, for this deed? That's a, it's a very clear test, very simple. Can I thank God for pornography? Can I thank God for divorcing my wife? Can I thank God for not going to church? Can I thank God for not praying or whatever? See, this is the test. Can I thank God for this thought, this word, or this deed? If yes, then I am free to speak and do. If no, then I am not permitted to speak or do. For such word and deed do not bring glory to God. Finally, what thanksgiving will do to you. First, when you begin to give thanks, your worries disappear. You start thanking God, count your blessings, your worries disappear. Your fear disappear. Your murmurings disappear. And all of a sudden, peace of God appears. Joy appears. Courage appears. And God is glorified. And finally, God gives you more blessings. That's my experience. When somebody says thank you to me, I begin to wonder what else I can do for them. You stop giving thanks, you are choking and turning off the blessings. And may God help us in this Thanksgiving season to practice what I said. Because it is the will of God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us not to be like pagans, but, but function as your children. Help us to give you thanks for everything. Through Jesus Christ, our only Savior and Lord. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Join us next week for more transforming Bible teaching.